Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Pipeline Superheroes podcast with Timothy Donnelly, CEO and founder of OR Intelligence. Timothy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Great to hear it. So, Timothy, tell us a little bit about what you're building with OR Intelligence. It seems like it's in the surgical space, surgical equipment. So um, we haven't had too many med tech founders on the podcast quite yet. So really interested to dive into this today. Absolutely. So um, we are a, a startup out of Westchester, Pennsylvania, founded by myself, who is a medical device consultant, and two surgeons um, from well-known institutions in the Philadelphia market. Um, and what we did was we set out to build a platform that aligns surgical teams. So all of the members of a surgical care team that provide surgery, not just the surgeon, with the right information, equipment, and support to deliver the best possible surgical care. And what we wanted to do was offer a next generation SaaS platform that was powered by AI and machine learning to enable people to best perform their jobs as they um, function in a hospital. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. So um, definitely seems like with any company in the med tech space, there are multiple criteria of success, right? There is growth of the product, product development, all of the traditional business heuristics that folks um, you know, focus on when they're building a company. And then also with the medical space, it's like, how are we driving the best solutions and the best outcomes for our patients? So curious, like how you think about both of those things and how like, that's evolved in your career. Yeah, so when we look at the problem, um, it, we realized that we had a problem that was not addressed. Um, in our her- current healthcare environment, um, the complexity of equipment logistics and the things that are needed for surgery um, are very becoming very hard to manage. Um, for the staff, for the nursing staff, for the sterile processing people, and for the surgical technicians, you know, there's multiple pro- products and platforms for all of the same type of fractures or hip replacements or what have you. And so what we saw was as our, um, as our healthcare workforce is now starting to diminish, we felt that we needed to help provide a tool that enabled people to do their job in an efficient manner, um, provide them with the same resources that ChatGPT and Google provide them, but provide them in real time so that that way they had access to these things at their fingertips so that for you and I, they can deliver the best possible care irregardless of what um, a surgeon's needs are for that given procedure. Mm-hmm. So what is like, if I'm a patient or I'm a doctor, how does the impact of that felt? Is it removing a headache um, to use like a very SAS expression? Is it making things faster? Is it making things cheaper? Like, what does the the success feel like? Sort of all of the above. So when it comes to the booking of surgical procedures right now, the process is very antiquated and manual. Um, So what we've done is we provided a digital method to book surgical procedures. That digital method that we've provided has improved preference card accuracy, which is what the surgeon requests for a procedure, to 100%. While we've improved that preference card accuracy to 100%, we've also been able to reduce the amount of time it takes to book a procedure. So whereas in many current workflows, it takes a surgeon three to five minutes 
to book a procedure. Within our platform, they can book a procedure in 45 seconds or less. And then everyone is notified at the same time. So um, there's a logistical headache as well that exists. And this exists not only for hospitals, but for the device companies that support those hospitals. Many people don't realize that hospitals need a lot of loaner equipment to be provided to them just in time for surgery. And the demand signal doesn't go out soon enough. What our, our system does is it provides that demand signal at the zero second mark. So everyone who's involved, every surgical stakeholder that's involved in the success of that procedure is notified at the same time. And no longer is it whispered down the lane, but there's a digital record of what they need. Um, wow. We have some other products within it that provide uh, advanced AI around image recognition of surgical instruments during the procedure. So we make it people possible for people with limited information to snap a picture of surgical instruments and identify what they're there, what's there. And then really big during the pandemic was we also provide a capability for remote case support. So another thing that many people don't realize is that in most surgeries, there is a consultant from the device company in the room. We've actually made it possible for that person to not be in the room and provide the same level of support and equipment uh, instruction in real time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a friend who's driving all over Utah. He's the consultant in the room. Uh, Dan, if you're listening to this, maybe you know, you'll be able to work from home a little bit more. Um, and tell us a little bit more about like the development of the AI as well, because, you know, obviously super in the news right now, super in vogue, you know, everyone's playing around with chat GBT, you know, this definitely predates that. So just curious, like how the AI was developed and what the inspiration was there as well. Right. So we have a couple elements of AI and, and depending upon your definition of AI depends upon which product that we look at. So our smart card product is more of a machine learning product where we track and maintain the data of what's requested over time. And then we can make intelligent, um, uh, intelligent um, recommendations, if you will, or preference card changes that a surgeon can then bank on over time. So they can count on their preferences to be adopted over time, which is not something they currently have. However, with our sort product, which is our image recognition product, that is our truest of AI, where we use deep neural networks to provide edge detection and things like that outside of just your standard OCR, where we can identify object surgical instruments in any possible orientation, therefore enabling us to ultimately in the future, hopefully right size the equipment that's provided for surgery as well. So I think, does that answer your question? Yeah, definitely. I think that's really interesting. So, so when you say like the, the camera recognized AI, so is there a camera that's in the operating room that takes a quick inventory of all of the equipment, both necessary and present? Like how exactly does that work? So right now we can provide it via a camera in the OR. But our primary modality is actually with a phone. Um, what we realize is that the capital expense of putting a camera in every OR is very tough. However, everyone has a phone um, at their disposal. So we made it a phone app at first, 
Um, therefore, it can help not only in the OR, but it can help in the logistical supply chain and providing things at the right time. So therefore, the people that are uh, picking those loaners up that I had mentioned or dropping them off and the people that work in the sterile processing department can quickly identify objects without having to have intimate knowledge of what's even supposed to be there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, wow, that's it's really impressive. Um, so what is the vision of the company right now? Are you building like the operating software of operating rooms, which is sort of, you know, uh, a funny expression, but like, what is the vision for the company? Because you're getting a lot of data on surgical equipment, it sounds like the product is fairly refined and streamlined already in a very impressive way. Um, so just curious, like where you see this going? So our goal and one of the you know, taglines that we've, uh, we've tried to market is surgical process optimization. Um, we, have, uh, we look at the surgical process currently as an arbitrage of, uh, or, or rather a bricolage of different solutions trying to make sure that every patient gets what they need. Um, and as I mentioned, right now it's very manual. Um, so we wanted to optimize that and really digitize the process of surgery to where um, we can capture all of that data. The amount of data coming from the OR increases by terabytes every single year. Um, we wanna provide the best possible outcomes based upon that data. And the only way to do it is by capturing it at the point of consumption. So the moment someone is determined to need surgery all the way up to and through the procedure. So we can not only uh, ease the pain for the surgeon, but we can ease the pain for the, the team that has to support the surgeon and the payers and the health systems as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, how bullish excuse me, or bearish are you on the concept of AI and AI robots actually conducting the procedures, like the actual surgical procedures? I've seen a lot of, a lot of interesting technologies and companies come out in that space, but curious, because you have a lot of data in that space, what do you think of it all? Yeah, so um, I think that the ability for robots to do it is definitely there. Um, I think that most patients still would want a human involvement. Um, I know that there have been some studies that show that the outcomes currently um, are not any better when using a robot and things like total joints. They definitely provide advanced technology, um, but the outcomes are not significant improvements. I don't know that um, we as uh, consumers of healthcare are ready to take that human element out of it because there are things that, and we've learned this with our own product, there's things that the human brain can do at a moment's decision, especially when it comes to problems within the OR that a robot can't account for. There, every possible scenario is hard to account for. And while I think we're getting there, I think we're a little ways away. We do have robots that are doing amazing things. Um, but there's still a lot of human intervention with those robots. So um, I think it's something that will ultimately evolve to, um, but I think we still have a, a little bit of time before there is fully autonomous surgery being performed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think the, the comforting handshake of a surgeon who's about to 
you know, take out your appendix matters a lot uh, as somebody who's, who's gone through that. Um, awesome. So, and then in terms of OR intelligence and how you're planning growth, like tell me some stories of what's worked from a growth perspective and what you've learned about the business there. Looks like you started in February, 2020. Uh, and so you went through uh, probably three or four completely paradigm shifting phases of growth. So just curious what's worked and what hasn't. Yeah, so um, the evolution of our product has been very interesting. We, uh, we came out of stealth mode in February of 2020. Um, actually, March 13th to be exact, the, uh, the day our country went into its first lockdown was wow. when we offered our Rep Plus product because wow. we knew we had a potential to help surgeons still perform procedures while limiting the number of people in the hospital. So our Rep Plus product was actually the first product we launched, and we were able to, to show that that same level of support can be provided with a face-to-face -face interaction and our digital interface. So we have a patented digital interface that helps the people in the room hand off and select the right equipment to give the surgeon. Um, the rest of our product has kind of evolved in terms of where it sits in the hospital. So. With our smart card product, we've um, demonstrated that to the clinicians and the people that actually do the job day to day. And that's actually what's helped us, helped us to bubble up to the IT and legal and contracting departments of hospitals, being able to show ROI there in terms of equipment logistics um, and improvement in communication. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then in terms of like growth channels and the success there, like for folks that are selling to hospitals or, you know, folks that manage operating rooms and the tech with, there within, like what works? Like what resonates from a messaging standpoint? Um, so number one, data. Um, you need to be able to show, um, you need to be able to show clinicians data, um, but you also need to be able to show the hospital some semblance of an ROI. Um, so for a lot of times, for a long time, we thought of ourselves as a blue sky project where um, a lot of our value will come as we harness more and more data from actual users. So whereas we come in and we take a look at what a clinician is currently doing, and then we make suggestions based upon their purchase history, if you will, or their preference history. Um, there is an element, though, of selling SaaS, especially into the healthcare market, where you have a lot of conflicting um, parties involved. So the clinicians are looking for one ROI. The legal team is looking for another ROI. The IT team is looking for a separate one. And then the hospital itself is looking for a fourth one. So aligning all of the parties that are required to make a SaaS decision in the hospital is really tough. And right now, um, I want to give credit to Reed Covey because I, I heard this from him. But right now, there is a techno um, technology fatigue being experienced by hospitals and health systems because there are literally thousands of companies coming to them with various different solutions. And in order for them to implement these solutions, that creates a silo uh, within the health system where if everything doesn't communicate, um, it's really hard to provide sense. So you really have to look at how do you integrate within the system and how do you make the systems that the hospital has already spent billions of dollars on 
literally make those systems work better. So, and, you know, using the EMRs as, a, as an example, um, they are the main source of software in a hospital. And the ability to communicate and interface with those platforms is very important because, you know, the use of the EMR is mandated. The hospital can't escape it. So therefore, when you're offering a solution there, you have to have a plan and an integration strategy in order to make that software do exactly what the hospitals hope it will do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Makes sense. So would you say that there's any partnerships or anything in that realm that's been like a hack of growth for you? Um, I would say yes. I would say developing relationships with the EMRs in a facility is the number one hack of growth. When you're selling med tech uh, and SaaS software into a hospital, um, the ability to, to work with the EMR and the EHR um, and, and, and their ERP um, are very important because, you know, they still need to, to maintain a level of profitability, although they're all nonprofits, they do need to maintain, you know, balanced books so that they can stay solvent and continue to provide care to all of us. Um, we see with hospitals closing, the effect that that has on population health. And um, we have a lot of people losing care um, because health systems are not able to, you know, to meet the demands required, you know, and the cost to provide service. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Makes sense. Um, awesome. Well, really interesting stuff. What types of folks are you looking for at OR Intelligence that could be uh, employees that you need, maybe marketing or sales or operations folks or potential customers as well? Um, so for us, it's understanding of the healthcare landscape and IT. Um, the ability to navigate the IT infrastructure of a hospital where its primary mission is to provide care, but IT is a very important part of their business now. The ability to navigate that and provide resources so that it all doesn't rely on the hospital. Um, hospitals everywhere, their IT departments are pushed to the max. Um, constantly maintaining systems for reporting. So the ability to lighten their workload and um, make the integration process easier is I think the biggest thing that we look for is we look for people who can help us navigate those waters within a health system um, and then provide the right resources to help facilitate um, rapid adoption. Adoption is a very hard part in healthcare IT um, because just like everything else, you need to be able to prove your efficacy in helping patients first and foremost. I've yet to meet a hospital that doesn't put patients first. Um, so therefore, you know, as long as your product or your service or the company that they're supporting provide that first, um, the pathway becomes a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And Good luck. This is really inspirational stuff. And uh, I hope that if I need a surgery, I'm at a hospital that has OR intelligence. I'll tell you that much. Thank you very much. I yeah. really appreciate All right. it. Thank you, Timothy.